So I thought that this series, uh, when the Lord gave it to me, I thought that it was going to be just maybe a one-night sermon. I thought it would be one night, four points. But as I started typing it out, it is already three sub-series with several lessons in each sub-series. So it looks like we're going to be doing this until 2024. Um, and I put right here the prayer in my notes is, May the Spirit of the Lord accomplish His complete purpose and His intention for this series. Through me and through you, everybody say, In Jesus' name. All right, so the title of this series tonight, they're going to put it on the board, is this. It is called The Healthy Church. The Healthy Church. We are going to spend the next several weeks talking about what The Healthy Church looks like. And The Healthy Church is this. The Healthy Church is the church that Jesus was talking about when he said, Up on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That is the church that we've been called to be. That's the church we plan to be. And um, that is the church that we are looking forward to immediately um, becoming and staying until Jesus comes. Everybody say yes, right? Okay, so... To kick this series off for the Healthy Church, I'm going to, uh, tonight, I'm going to compare the, the church to a body, a B-O-D-Y, a physical body. So look over to the person next to you and pinch them, and that's a body, okay? Just pinch them as hard as you want. That's a body. If the popcorn's not keeping them awake, maybe your pinch will wake them up. So... I'm going to lay a foundation showing that um, the Word of God refers to Messiah's church as a body, okay? The, I'm not going to read all of these scriptures, but if you would please write them down. These are scriptures. If you didn't know what to read this next week, here are some good scriptures for you to go home and read. All of these scriptures specifically refer to the church as the body of Christ, okay? So when I tonight compare a body, I, I, you can compare that to the church, okay? The church is the body of Christ according to the word of God, and Christ is the head of the church. So Romans 12, I know I'm going fast, but I have a mission. Romans 12, 3 through 8 Go home and read that, and it, it, it quickly just says in there, So we, being many, are one body in Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says that, For the edifying of the body of Christ... He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Ephesians 5 and 30 says, For we are members of his body. Colossians 1, 18 says, And Christ is the head of the body, the church, 
And verse 24 says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. And it goes on to say, for the sake of his body, which is the church. So there's a quick foundation. Anytime I'm talking tonight about a body, you can compare that to the church. Got it? That's how this lesson is going to roll for the next couple of minutes. Okay, the Word of God teaches us that the church body consists of individual members, but it takes the collective group of us. You've heard me say this before. The collective group of us is what makes the church, not this building. So all of us in here together is what makes up the church, which makes up the body of Christ. And the goal of this series is to kindle a fire within every single one of us that will culminate into this massive explosion that will affect the weakest member of this church, okay? The weakest member of the body of Christ, the goal of this series is for you to be affected. And the desire is to produce a healthy church that remains healthy and faithful and strong all the way to the end. Got it? Okay, so let's talk about characteristics of a healthy body. We're going to spend, I know next week also, well, no, not next week. Did y'all catch that? The next week, in two weeks, we're going to continue on characteristics of a healthy body. I don't know how long we'll stay on that, but tonight I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on two, two specific characteristics of a healthy body, and we're going to relate that to the church. So um, the first characteristic we're going to talk about tonight of a healthy body is this. You ready to take notes? Number one, a healthy body takes in what is necessary for life and vitality. How many of you have eaten today? Raise your hand. You took in what was necessary for life and vitality. How many of you have breathed in the last 15 minutes? You, why? Because you have a healthy functioning body and your body, a healthy body takes in what is necessary for life and vitality. Oxygen is taken in through breath. Nutrients are taken in through food. Today while I was studying, it was so nice. I sat outside and I took in some vitamin D while I was studying, soaking in the sun, just enjoying the breeze and the perfect temperature. What was I doing? I was taking in nutrients that I need for life and vitality. Okay, so that's for a physical body. But now for a church, in order to be a healthy church body, we are the body of Christ, right? It is imperative. That's a good word to write down. It's not just important. It is imperative that we are taking in what's necessary for life and vitality. And this comes about by every individual person making up this body, you personally doing your part to take in what's necessary for you to be strong in the Lord, okay? 
I'm going to mention a topic here that I feel like Jeremy and I run into the ground, but, and I, I thought, oh, it's overemphasized. We, we emphasize it too much. We, we talk about it too much. But then I asked myself the question, I don't know if we've talked about it enough yet because I'm not sure that it's sticking. So like Kirk did to me a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to slow down. <laughs> If you want to laugh, go listen to two weeks ago, uh, the lesson. I sound, like, I sound like a nice gentleman. Yeah, it's, it was extremely humbling. <laughs> the, the, something in the software slowed my voice down, and I had a nice, low, deep voice. I mean, I already have a low, deep voice, but it was nice and low. Davey sounds great singing low, low, low. My dad decided to speak that night. It, 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 was, it was really great. It was comical. But I, I am going to slow down on this, and I'm going to emphasize this heavily, and I ask that we all take it uh, with more than a grain of salt tonight. So I'm going to ask us as a church body talking about and spending time on what I feel like the Lord has given us. We want to be the healthy church, Right? We want to be the healthy church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. This is the first challenge of this series that I want to issue out. I'm asking every single one of us this week to purposefully evaluate what we're taking in to our souls and our spirits. Ladies, I ask that you limit your fake intake. Gentlemen, it would be great if you would limit your fake intake, okay? There's a lot of fakeness out in the world. And with the introduction of artificial intelligence, there is an even more exasperated um, supply of exasperated, thank you, exacerbated supply, thank you, mom, a fakeness. So I ask this week that we carefully and purposefully pay close attention to what we're taking in to our souls and to our spirits. And how do things come into our souls and into our spirits? Jesus said the eye is the gateway to the soul. Our ears, what we listen to, feeds directly into our souls. So what I'm concerned about, I'm concerned that, that my generation, your generation, the generation that is upstairs right now has become desensitized to what all is being given out and what all we're taking in. Like, you know, you can, you can um, eat a lot of sushi and then they say, you need to clean your palate or you won't be able to taste the sushi anymore. Or you can smell a lot of candles and they say you need to smell some coffee beans to reset and so you can smell. Well, what's happened is we've had so much evil put into us that we need to reset our palate because we don't taste it, we don't see it, we don't feel it, and we don't acknowledge it anymore. I mean, it's just in. And we're just opening up and just receiving it 
receiving it, receiving it, receiving it. And, and we're so desensitized that we don't even actually understand how much we're taking in that is toxic to us. Here's, it's a, it's a master plan because what's happened is the enemy has done a great job desensitizing all of us and we're not the target. The downstairs generation is the target. So if he can desensitize us, then he can infiltrate them. So we need tonight our palates to be reset. We need to wake up and literally smell the coffee. We need to eat some ginger and we need to reset our palate. And this week I'm asking that you honestly slow down and think, is this something that is necessary for life and vitality that I am taking in to my soul? James teaches in... James chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, and he's actually talking about um, the principle of blessing and cursing, but we're going to apply this principle to other things. He says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? No, no spring yields both salt water and fresh, one or the other. I'm asking that we apply this principle to more than just our speech, but to our homes. As a church body, let's ask ourselves this week, let's ask, have I established that my home will be a spring for fresh water only? Have I established that my TV, my phone, my earbuds, my radio, my speech, like he's talking about, everything that I'm taking in that is putting out, have I established, and if I haven't, this week as a church, I'm asking that we together establish that fresh water only. No darkness, no bitterness, no evil, no, um, no mixture, light, love, hope, Jesus. Determine what type of spring is going to flow into your life. So a healthy body takes in what is necessary for life and vital vitality in the body of Christ has been called to do the same thing. And beginning tonight, we're going to determine within ourselves that we will take in what's necessary for us to be strong in the Lord. Let me ask you this. What do you need to do? What do you need to take in? in order to be strong in the Lord day after day after day? Ask yourself that question. You be honest. What do you need to take in in order to be strong tomorrow and then to be strong the next day and then to be strong the next day until Jesus returns? I'll tell you what it is for me. It requires time daily in the word of God. Day, for me, daily, I have to take in the word of God for me. I'm only talking about for me. I'm not putting any of this on you. I'm talking about for me, for me, it requires a podcast or a sermon or a book 
putting into my soul, challenging me, equip, equipping me, teaching me, giving me resources for how to develop strength, skills, boundaries, healthy lifestyle choices. It takes that for me. For me, it requires assembling together with fellow believers very often very regularly and it must have done it for Paul too because Paul said as you see the day of Christ approaching you need to do it more and more and more and more and more it may not take all of that for you but I want to ask you does it for me it requires time in the presence of God where everything has to stop it requires me basking in his love. It requires me receiving his peace. It requires me resting in his care where everything else, I have to hit the pause button on everything else because otherwise I'm depleted and I don't have vitality flowing from me anymore. In other words, a healthy body is hungry, right? A healthy body is hungry and a church, a healthy church is hungry a healthy church is made up of hungry people raise your hand again if you ate today okay hands down raise your hand if you ate more than once today yeah okay so we're healthy bodies and we're hungry spiritually if we're going to be a healthy church we've got to be hungry for the spirit of God and I'm not talking about where I had a little dose of Jesus TJ a little chocolate Jesus <laughs> in the morning and then I don't need him again until Sunday no just as much as I'm needing oxygen just as much as I'm needing food as many times as I crave a chocolate brownie I need to be hungry for the things of God So a healthy church will be full of hungry people that are zealous to take in as much as they possibly can in order to be vibrant and full of life. So now let's compare this to an unhealthy body. And I put this in my notes because, of course, I would get this series <laughs> while I was battling a stomach bug. But while I was sick this week on Monday, uh, I didn't eat. I wasn't hungry. My body was, my mother-in-law brought me some food and I couldn't eat it. I finally ate it today, Meemaw, thank you. My body was rejecting food and I even lost my appetite. And today, I've, today I I've felt perfectly normal, but my appetite has not been back. And I stood in the pantry and I'm like, I, I, can, I can eat, but nothing, nothing sounded good. For the last few days, my body has not been healthy. It's not normal. For me to not be hungry it's not normal for me to reject food and a healthy church is hungry but an unhealthy church is not an unhealthy church has no appetite for the things of God Alana confirmed this. Uh, Alana Coleman has her master's in nursing, and 
Uh, she's recently served in hospice care, and she confirmed this information for me right here. It is common for someone, please follow me here. It is common for someone who is getting ready to die to begin to refuse food and water. A body, a B-O-D-Y, that is getting ready to die starts refusing food and water. And a church body that the enemy is hoping will die will start refusing food and water. You say, what's food and water? I'm going to tell you, Jesus told us exactly what food and water was. To refuse nutrients necessary for life, a, a person that is dying will begin to refuse those nutrients that are necessary for life. As death starts creeping in, death begins to suppress hunger. As spiritual death creeps into a church, spiritual death suppresses spiritual hunger. If spiritual death wants to creep into a church, it will creep in by slowly beginning to suppress the hunger of its members that make up its body. Look over to your friend and say, get hungry and stay hungry. Get hungry. I mean, because if they're part of your body, like you need to shake them and say, I need you to live because you're part of me, right? Don't you die on me. You think I'm going to let my little pinky finger die and be okay with it? No, you look over to that person next to you and say, don't you die on me. <laughs> okay, so look what happens. If spiritual death creeps into a church, the spiritual death starts suppressing the hunger of the members of that church, and they'll lose their appetite for the presence of God. And they'll lose their appetite for the word of God, whether it's preached or red. They'll lose their appetite for assembling together. They'll lose their appetite for quality time in prayer. They're just not interested anymore. And this is what I put. I'm going to get on my little soapbox. I need a soapbox that I can stand on for a minute for me and my husband. It's not that there's not a supply of food because we are issuing, and this is nothing about me. At the end of the sermon, you're going to see this is nothing about me. But right now, we are sending out to every church member in this church, we are going into their homes via live stream. And the fact that we're not in their home right now is not because it's not supplied. It's because there's no interest. And if you don't watch it, you'll choose the bachelor over the word of God. It's not about me at all, but it's where's your appetite and what are you hungry for? And while the word of God on a Sunday morning is being streamed into a home, something else is on the TV. Yellowstone. The Walking Dead. Not about us at all. It's about the hunger. And it's about death trying to creep in. It's not because it's not served. But the appetite for social media is greater than the appetite for a social moment with Jesus Christ. not desired. Another sign of an unhealthy body is something called malabsorption. 
This is a good point I feel like the Lord gave me. Malabsorption is this. It's the inability to absorb nutrients from food. Pay close attention here and see if you can compare the analogy. An unhealthy church will be full of members who are faithfully attending, taking in the sermons, soaking in the presence of God, praying and reading the word, but completely unable to absorb or retain any of it. So somebody with malabsorption can consume a lot of food, but they still don't get the nutrients. It's not that they're not eating. They're eating, but they're not absorbing what a healthy body would absorb. That's why they can eat french fries all day long and still be a skinny rail because it's malabsorption and you eat one french fry and you're as big as a <laughs> you feel like that so malabsorption it's not that they're not taking it in and an unhealthy church has people showing up faithfully faithful attendance full crowds but there's no retaining it like reading the word, worshiping, but their social media never changes. Like reading the word and in the house of God, but the way that they feel about themselves never changes. In the house of God, reading the word of God, worship music, but the way they treat the Walmart cashier never changes. How do you treat the Walmart cashier? So as a pastor, I want to give you our hearts right here. I started studying this morning by 10 o'clock this morning, and I finished at 5 p.m. Wow. It's an average of six hours to produce a Wednesday night sermon, and my husband about the same, about six hours to produce a Sunday sermon. And I'm going to read it like I wrote it because this is from my heart. We don't do that just for this body of Christ to take in the words and lose them before your head hits the pillow. This is not for your entertainment. And let me take it a step further. This is not for my limelight. There is no glory in being on this platform right now. So I'm not up here because this is fun. And I'm not up here just so we can kill time. I am up here so you can be healthy. This is for the salvation of your soul. This is for the salvation of your family. This is for the salvation of this region. I love what my husband said on Sunday. And we need to take a drive over to Love's Lookout. And we need to speak out over East Texas. Come to the Father in Jesus' name. This is for the salvation of those around us. It is 100% our intention for the words that the Lord gives us to pierce your heart and stick with you all week long. And I'm running out of time. I got to skip some notes. Okay, so an unhealthy church body is unable to absorb or retain the nutrients. Let me ask you if you're still feasting on what Jeremy preached on Sunday. Majority of us will say no, but this time when we come back on a couple of Wednesdays, things are going to change. You're going to make sure to retain and absorb what God is speaking through your pastors. So I pray tomorrow that when you wake up, you will feel the stirring in your heart to establish that your home is a fountain of fresh water. And why did I go back to that? Because that's the challenge and how many of you already forgot it? 
No more malabsorption in Jesus' name. Okay, so I'm going to skip a lot. Here we go. Second thing, second characteristic of a healthy body is it discards what is unnecessary and harmful to life and vitality. Quickly, the second characteristic of a healthy body is it is its ability to discard what doesn't belong. In regards to breath, we inhale what we need, but then we exhale toxic carbon dioxide. If the heart is, maybe I have a lot of cards right there. If you'll give, bring those to me. If the heart is unable to discard fluid, what's that called? Congestive heart failure. And then fluid begins to um, settle in around the abdomen or around the lungs. And that is not a, thank you, baby. That is not a healthy body. That is an unhealthy body. So an unhealthy body is, is unable to discard what doesn't belong and what's not necessary for life and vitality. Does everybody get that? So the healthy church not only takes in what is necessary, but a healthy church also discards the toxins. Mark 16 and 17, and these signs will follow them that believe in the name of Jesus. They will discard the toxins. That's what he says. They will drive out demons. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. Why? Because they are able to discard the toxins. They take up serpents. Does that mean play with snakes? No. That's talking about spiritually. We are able to kick the enemy out of this house because he does not belong. And we are a healthy body. We discard what doesn't belong. We expel hatred. We expel anger. We discard unforgiveness and bitterness. We dispel darkness with light. We take intrusive thoughts captive and we kick them out in the name of Jesus before, before, everybody say before, before they turn into actions. And if you've attended Covenant for any time at all, you've already heard all this. But I have got to share with you what the Lord gave me today that stirred me to the core. I was stirred. Never have I seen this before. Brother Bill, will you put the picture of the tree up there, please? So just like a tree, a plant life, gives off oxygen to human beings... And animals, you can just leave it up there, because human beings were designed to take in oxygen. And then human beings discard carbon dioxide. Why? Because plant life was designed to take in carbon dioxide. Now, I guess that's not staying Plant life is not designed to take in oxygen. And you are not designed to take in carbon dioxide. Okay? So if you don't discard carbon dioxide, the plants will suffer. But not only that, you will suffer. Why? Because you are designed to discard carbon dioxide, not hang on to 
carbon dioxide. Many of you already know that's how my grandmother died. She could take in oxygen, but she could not discard carbon dioxide. And so it killed her. It took her life. A healthy body that stops discarding carbon dioxide soon becomes an unhealthy body and then becomes a deceased body. Father, I pray that you would help me get this out. This is what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me today. In this analogy right here, if you were to take the tree and turn that into God and the person into you, this is what the Spirit of the Lord told me. To discard is this. If we're playing Uno, and obviously I've been losing a lot because I have a whole lot of cards. And it's my turn to discard. What does that mean? I have possession of this card, but this card, I don't need it. Okay? So I have possession of it, but I don't need it. And so I discard it. Okay? You got it? So to discard means you have possession of it, but you don't need it. So you are supposed to get rid of it. The Lord told me this today. There are three things that we're going to end this sermon with that a healthy church will always make room for its members to do. And that is to discard worship, praise, and glory because you're not designed to take in worship and you're not designed to take in glory and you're not designed to take in praise and let me get really right on my own level right here I'm going to read it exactly like the Lord told me worship doesn't belong to me it's in my possession but it doesn't belong to me. I'm supposed to discard it to the only one that is designed to be able to receive it. Praise is in my possession, baby, but it does not belong to us. We are supposed to discard it to the only one that is designed to be able to handle it. Glory is in my possession, but it does not belong to me. I can't live on it. In fact, if I hang on to it, it'll destroy me. The Spirit of the Lord spoke this so clear to me. I'm going to speak to myself. If the church doesn't have an outlet for the people making up its body to discard worship, discard praise, discard glory, then the life and the vitality of the church will be affected negatively just like carbon dioxide negatively affects a body close your eyes i don't want you to think i'm talking to you this is to everybody i want you to follow me here with all the social media likes with all the social media comments with all the compliments and the ego boosters that come our way 
with all the mirror time we get today, with all the selfie time we get, with all the beauty treatments that we are allowed to have nowadays, with all the filters and the Snapchats and the modern, that modern day bodies are involved in, with all the yes ma'ams and yes sirs and salutes and recognition of successes and accolades that blessed leaders receive when serving in their positions of authority. If we don't have an outlet to discard glory and discard praise, we will retain it and we will get prideful and we will die. That's why I can preach this message right now without worrying what you think. Because when I finish this message, if you give me a compliment, it's in my possession, but I can't hang on to it. I've got to take it to the only one that can handle it and lay my crowns at his feet. I got to lay my successes at his feet because he's the only one. He's the only one that can handle glory. It doesn't matter how many likes you get on Facebook, but don't you retain that. If there's no outlet to discard these things that don't belong to us, it will destroy us. It turns into toxic pride. It turns into toxic vanity. It turns into a haughty spirit. And pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So when somebody compliments us as pastors, we've got to take this. And as soon as it comes our way, we've got to discard it at the feet of the only one that is worthy. I know we love to be revered people. I know we love to be complimented. I know we like to have a lot of likes on, on Facebook. And I know as a church, we like to have a good reputation. But he doesn't do anything for our name's sake. He does everything for his name's sake. We must remember that nothing is for our glory. It's never for my reputation. Always only for his. May we never, Davey, come and, and Lexi, lights down and eyes, heads bowed, if you will. Let me read a couple of scriptures. John 4 and 23 says, But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. He's like that tree that is searching for carbon dioxide. He's seeking for worship. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. Revelations 4, 8, 9, 10, and 11. It says, And the four living creatures... They don't rest day or night saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. All the honor, all the glory, all the thanks goes to him who sits on the throne. That's the only one that can handle it. That's the only one that's designed for it. So let me end. I hope you feel the passion that I feel like the Lord had when he gave it to me. May we never, baby, may we never be guilty walking into this place and refusing to lay our crowns at his feet. In Revelation, the 24 elders, it says they lay their crowns at his feet. It doesn't belong on your head anyway. And it doesn't belong on his head. It belongs at his feet. May we never be too sophisticated 
feel like my I feel like I could do like my husband does sometime where it just hits you and I could just break down in this pulpit right now may we never be too sophisticated or too successful to bow ourselves and worship to the father may we never be too beautiful to weep in his presence May it never be said that this church is unhealthy because it hung on to the glory and it didn't make room for people to discard the glory and the praise and their worship to him. May we never, as my husband says, be ready, may we never walk out when God walks in. But instead, may we give him what only he can handle. He's the only one that can handle it. And I've finished with four minutes. Wherever you are right now, we're going to stop and we're going to make room because we need to discard some worship. We need to discard some praise. We need to discard some glory. I don't know say exactly how I feel and I can't begin to tell you what your love has been I'm lost for words is there a way to show the passion in my heart I can't express Truly great, I think you are my dearest friend. Oh, this is my desire. And this is my 
seconds for everybody as a group. So pour your love out on him right now. I told you that I would tell you what it means to be hungry as a church and thirsty. And when I skipped over some scriptures, I skipped over one that was going to answer that question. So Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 53, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. I know it sounds gross. And it offended a lot of people, but he knew what he was talking about. He's talking about spiritually, unless you take me in. Because I am your nutrients. So unless you take in my, the way my flesh was beaten on the cross and the way I died for you, and unless you, you take in my blood that has eternal life, you won't have life in you. He said, my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not natural bread. So Jesus was explaining to them. It's not physical bread that we need. It's spiritual bread. And the healthy church, we have to understand that more than just our need for physical food and drink, we have an intense spiritual need for spiritual food and drink that can only be provided by the sacrifice of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. Lord bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Hey, we're going to be the healthy church. We're going to be the healthy church. Lord bless you.